Katz was born and raised in Long Island, New York. He was drafted by the Chicago White Sox in the 2015 MLB Draft. That same season, Mr. Katz was part of a team that won the 2015 Big East Conference regular season and tournament. Now, he is not only a pitcher for the Kansas City Royals, but also the founder of Stadium Custom Kicks. Mr. Katz, we would like to extend a warm welcome to you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Tell us a little bit about your childhood. Yes, like you said, I grew up on Long Island in New York, the suburbs of New York City. Uh, I went to public school, all of elementary, middle, and high school. Um, The high school is called Herrick's High School. And then I went to uh, St. John's University, which is in Queens, New York. Um, As far as my childhood, um, you know, had a had a pretty normal childhood. Uh, played little league, and you know, played a few other sports, um, and and had pretty good grades in school. So, um, you know, nothing too crazy f- during my childhood. And you said you played a couple of other sports. What were some of those sports? Yeah, I played a little ice hockey when I was younger, um, a little recreational basketball, and some tennis. But um, I'd say. Baseball and basketball are two of my favorite sports to play. Um, actually, golf, too. I'd say golf, basketball, and baseball are my three favorite sports to play. But I didn't start learning how to play golf till I was in college. As you got older, did you realize you had a future in baseball? Yeah, in Little League, I was always one of the better players um, whenever the older teams needed some fill-in players I was always the player that they called in and I would I would hold my own against the bigger kids so um you know I definitely knew that I had some sort some talent growing up um but obviously you know things change as you get older uh some of the better players when we were 10 11 and 12 years old were not necessarily the better players uh even in high school um let alone made it to college so you know, I realized that I had talent and I kept working hard. I was never satisfied. So that obviously continued uh, to the present day. As you grew older in high school, how did the recruiting process work for you? Yeah, I'd say second half of high school. That's when I started getting looked at by colleges. Um, I know that um, in some of the tournaments that I played on with travel travel baseball there were a lot of college coaches at those uh events watching you know not only me but my teammates and the players that we were playing against um you know so if if you surround yourself with um good athletes good ball players um you know you're going to get a lot of eyes on you and uh we're always taught that just because a college coach isn't looking at you um or just because he went to the a certain field or a game to watch somebody else doesn't mean that they won't uh, find an interest in you. So, you know, I, I kept working hard because you never know who's going to watch you. How do you think that those great players around you that surrounded you in high school help beca- help you become a better person? Yeah, I mean, just watching those guys go about their business and, um, you know, just 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 seeing – what makes them successful, um, their work ethic, um, just just seeing a total package and, um, you know, wanting to be just as good or better than them 
um, but in a, in a friendly manner, you know, because obviously you're rooting on your teammates as well. Um, in high school, travel ball, I played with Ramon Laureano, and he's a current outfielder on Oakland A's. So, um, you know, I, 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 I always believe that if you surround yourself with, um, you know, people who are at a high level, you're going to get on that same level or even better. So um, you really have to have someone, um, you know, to push to compare yourself and, and push yourself alongside to um, to get the most out of your ability. You ended up going to St. John's where you had a very successful career. Why did you choose to go there? Yeah, I mean, I I think I skipped this part in, in the two questions ago, but um, I went to a baseball game at City Field. It was the first ever baseball game, St. John's versus Georgetown, and I was about 13 or 14 years old. And uh, growing up a Mets fan and seeing St. John's play in that ballpark, you know, it would have been a sellout crowd that day if it weren't for the rain. It was pretty inspiring for me. And um, over those next few years, I went to a few St. John's games. St. John's was actually the first school to offer me a scholarship. I had two weeks to tell them um, if I was going to go there or not. And I actually called them the next day and told them I was going to go there. And I committed to to play there. So, um, you know, St. John's was definitely the first school or baseball program that um, I dreamed of playing for, and um, I guess my dreams came true. How are major league teams interacting with you throughout your college and during the draft? Yeah, I mean, I was I was getting scouted out, scouted by major league teams my senior year of high school. Um, I didn't. A few teams offered me, but I did not sign. I went to St. John's, and I wasn't eligible to be drafted again until after my junior year. Uh, so obviously we had juniors and seniors on our team at St. John's while I was an underclassman who were getting looked at. So even as a freshman and sophomore, those same scouts were were still keeping an eye on me and obviously my other um, teammates who were my age, um, pretty much everybody on the team. So, um, you know, these scouts had a few years of um, of view, views under, under their belt. Um, so by the time my junior year came, um, you know, we obviously had interviews with some of the scouts and, and they, uh, obviously stayed in touch via questionnaire and, uh, texting or calling us every so often, especially after the season to get a, a feel for, uh, what we want to do, um, our expectations for the draft. Um, but I didn't really have too much contact with the White Sox. They just called, um, a few minutes after I was drafted and said, congratulations, uh, we just drafted you. The MLB draft must have been a long and tedious process. How did you get through that? Yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I was drafted much later than I thought I would go uh, based on, you know, previous contact with teams. So it was, it was one of the most frustrating and the happiest days of my life, which sounds kind of crazy but um you know to get drafted no matter what round you're in is super super exciting you know as long as you get in the system that gives you the opportunity to chase your dreams and making it to the big leagues um but to hear 800 names called before you hear every single name called that's that's very frustrating and there was definitely uh, a point multiple points throughout those couple of days 
I didn't think I was going to be drafted at all, but definitely a sigh of relief once I've once I heard my name called. However, those 800 players being drafted before you help motivate you during your MLB career. That definitely motivated me. Um, you know, I obviously uh, went into Arizona a week later and, you know, seeing guys that signed for a million dollars and I signed for, um, you know, I don't know, one or two percent of that. Um, it definitely... It definitely motivates you, but you keep that within yourself. You know, you don't you, you don't get jealous of anyone. You just keep working hard because at the end of the day, you're both on the same team. You're both within the minor league organization. Everybody technically has an opportunity to make it to the big leagues. Um, you know, so I, I realized that I already made it. I you know I made it into the system. Now I just have to keep working hard to uh, get to where I want to go. In 2017, you were traded by the White Sox to the Orioles. Tell us how that works in the dynamics of the new team. Yeah, so I was with the White Sox beginning of 2017. Um, I remember going to the ballpark. It was just like a normal day. I think I was there at like 1.30 p.m. And, you know, I worked out in the, in the weight room, went back in the clubhouse my cleats on was walking out to the field to stretch and play catch before the game and our manager um from like 100 feet away he said hey alex come with me come inside and um he said to call the farm director and i called the farm director up he basically said that i was traded to the baltimore orioles organization um someone will be getting in touch with me soon about where i'm going and and all that information so um, definitely caught me by surprise, but, uh, the first thing that came to mind was what, you know, what or who did I get traded for? And I was hoping that it was for something good, you know, cause at the end of the day, that's what your value is, what you're, what you're traded for. But, um, you know, the, the Orioles were very welcoming to me. I knew some guys on the team. Uh, I got, I was assigned to the Frederick Keys. Uh, I was actually closer to home. I had family in um, family and friends in the Maryland area. And um, I played against a bunch of those guys the year before when they were in Delmarva. Um, so it wasn't too much of a, a culture shock for me going over there. And when you move to a new team or when you play, how do you decide a number? Yeah, usually if you go to a new team during the season, you don't have many options. Um, you know, because there's already 24 guys on the team that have numbers. Um, and in the minor leagues, all the jerseys are already made. It's not like they custom make a jersey for you with a special number. So, you know, it's, it's really you have a choice of maybe five to six different numbers. And, um, you know, some of those jerseys might be small, some might be big. So you might not really have a choice at the end of the day. On February 12th, you signed a major league deal with the Royals. Now with the pandemic, what does that mean for the minors next year? Yeah, who knows? I mean, you can't predict the future anymore, right? So just pray that things get better and that um, all the minor leaguers and major leaguers are back in spring training in um, February and March. How have you been keeping your arm healthy during the time off? Yeah, I mean, this season – we basically just had to treat it as, as if there were games going on. 
I did get to pitch in some games in a local professional league in New Jersey. I got to pitch in three games in, in August, which is great. But other than that, pretty much just simulated games where I'm pitching to a catcher on a field and we have a couple of hitters. Um, so it was obviously better than nothing, and I feel like I got better that way. Um, obviously, it's not the same as pitching in a real game, but I definitely feel like I improved um, over the last few months. You pitched for Team Israel in the 2017 Baseball World Classics. Now you're trying to help Israel make the Olympics. How is that going so far? Yeah, it's been great. I mean, the Olympics were supposed to be uh, this past summer, but to push to push back till next summer. Um, it looks like they were. It was just announced that no matter what happens, whether it's fans or not, uh, Olympics will go on. So that'll be exciting. Um, they didn't announce the the rosters yet for the Olympics. But um, obviously, that would be an amazing experience to be able to play on that team, um, especially with only six teams in the Olympics for baseball. You have 50% chance of meddling. Uh, we have some some really talented ball players on the team, so there's a good chance that we medal. Um, you know, just like the World Baseball Classic, uh, I'm sure the Olympics will be um, memories that last a lifetime. You founded a business in 2017 called Stadium Custom Kicks. In my opinion, it is one of the coolest ideas and businesses around. For our listeners, could you please explain what that is? Yeah, Stadium Custom Cakes is essentially a team of artists that customizes footwear and cleats for people of all different sports, all different ages, uh, all over the world. Um, most notably, we you know we we work with um, you know over two hundred. Major League Baseball players and some of the cool looking cleats that you see on TV or on a Major League field were done by us. That's pretty amazing. And we think, again, it's such a great idea. What's the process of making those custom cleats and designing them? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a pretty uh, hefty process. Um, you know, obviously every shoe paints differently, um, but there's a lot of prep work that goes into painting a, a shoe or a cleat. Uh, especially a cleat that you know is going to be worn in mud and dirt sliding. You want to make it as durable as possible. Um, you know, so sometimes prep work could take an hour alone, sanding, acetoning, uh, taping up the shoes. Um, think about painting a house, right? You have to tape off all the areas that you don't want to paint. But um, then think about creating designs on top of that. And shoes are not flat like a wall. Um and sometimes the tape sticks, sometimes it doesn't. So it can be very tricky, but our artists do an amazing job and, and all, the, all the projects come out very good. How do you manage being an entrepreneur and a pro baseball player? To me, my baseball career comes first. Um, you know, obviously that's my main job. And, you know, my dream is to make it to the big leagues and, and have, a, have a successful career in the major leagues. At the end of the day, you can't play baseball or think about baseball or even train for baseball every second of the day. There's 24 hours of the day. Obviously it's important to get good rest, which I do. Um, you know, but it, it's, it's really something that I do in my free time. Um, it just so happens to be that my hobby is something that, you know, I could obviously make some side money off of. So it works out great. So just think of it as, you know, some ball players play video games, play poker, uh, go hunting. Um, this is something that I spend a lot of my downtime doing. 
What advice do you have for young kids who want to be professional pitchers when they grow up? You just have to keep working hard. Um, I know people say it a lot, um, but really, you know, you, you can't give up and you have to improve little by little over time. Uh, if you prove, improve a little bit, um, you know, every day, every week, every month, um, you know, that, that obviously is going to add up. Um, you know, I think a lot of people give up and they don't trust the process of improving. Uh, you don't really see good results right away. It takes time to see results. Um, some of the stuff I'm working on now, um, you know, it's frustrating because I wish maybe I learned it five, six, seven years ago. But at the end of the day, um, as long as you do improve, that, that's what matters. Um, second, I would say have fun. Um, you know, if you're not having fun to play a game while you're playing, uh, you know, even when it's your profession, it should be fun. You know, you're not going to perform well or do well if you're not having fun. Um, so I think work ethic and having fun go hand in hand because you're more likely to work harder if you're enjoying what you do. Mr. Katz, thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you on the mound next year and love talking to you about your pitching career thus far, as well as your company, Stadium Custom Kicks. We wish you best of luck with your business in the Royals, and have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for having me. I love what you guys are doing, and I think you have a bright future. Thank Thank you. you so much.